0: this is the trophy room aka trophy room radio i am your host brett hammer wherever you are on this wednesday thank you for making me a part of your day coming up we have playoffs preview plus there's a quarterback who just tipped his hand on the one place he doesn't want to be next season Another who the media convinced you was having a down year, why he's proven you wrong, and what is going on with the Chargers. We will get into all of that and more here coming up. But first, it is way too sketchy to buy quality graphic tees these days. If you look it up, all you get is sketchy third-party products on Etsy or eBay and nothing is real game changers is throwing a wrench into all of that game changers is a real company that puts real quality in the phrase you get what you pay for they make high-end quality shirts with all your favorite nba and nfl teams and players they even have rappers and other shirts as well if you head over to gamechangers.la you can use promo code hammer time 23 for 10 dollars off your next order that's capital h hammer time 23 at gamechangers.la I'm wearing the Jalen Hurts shirt today. This one's really dope. I'll have to make a video about it. It's got Jalen Hurts and all his, his dope plays on the front and then it's got his number and all his draft information and a bunch of his stats all in the back. It looks incredible. I was talking to a kid the other day who was asking me where I got this shirt. Gamechangers.la. Provo code HammerTime23. They also have a lot of cool, really cool Kobe stuff. So if you're missing Kobe like the rest of us, you can go on, buy some really dope Kobe stuff. and what else can you do? You can use hammer time 23 for $10 off your next order and the order after that. And the order after that it doesn't cancel. You can use it as many times as you want hammer time 23 for $10 your next order. Speaking of coming up though, we are sponsored by the good people over at gym candy gummies. So head over to Jim candy gummies.com as well as their socials on Instagram and TikTok. Go and test out the product that is revolutionizing the pre-workout market. Also, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Give me a message if I don't know you. That's at the letter B, Hammer Time with an extra E. So at B, Hammer Time, Instagram, TikTok. This should be, we're hoping when we're recording this, that this is going to be the first one of our um, podcasts that is fully up on YouTube. And we're hoping to be able to run the social accounts a little bit more. I know last week, if any of you were watching the live on Instagram I just, I don't trust doing it live anymore until I have better recording equipment because I have a time limit. Like I told you guys last week, I have a screen time on Instagram and it ran out after I think like eh, 30, 45 minutes. And so the whole live crashed and it didn't save any of the video. And so we weren't able to put any of the videos up last week as you saw. So we sincerely apologize for that, but we are working to get that fixed. I'm also still trying to figure out what the setup is going to be because my apartment has limited rooming and walls that look nice i feel like this is kind of cool we have this little shelf um with my dad's shoes up here which mean a lot to me i think it's really cool the setup that we have right now so we'll see if this works out as far as videos and visuals go i don't know how this is all going to work out but we will find out and you'll find out with me and i appreciate every single one of you being along for the ride wherever you are, making me a part of your day, making me a part of your Wednesday. I know Monday we missed, but it was a holiday, and Monday was kind of crazy for me, but Mondays and Wednesdays, the podcast will be. This is a normal deal. This is not a one-time deal because the dogs absolutely dominated that day. This is, for the rest of who knows how long, Monday, Wednesday podcast, okay? Shout outs. I feel like every single day, Maybe not every single day, but at least once a week, I take one step closer to becoming a certified white girl. I officially got on the train. Um, this is not a, this is not an ad read, but I got a Discover it card because you always see the ads for those, right? The Discover it card. I you got know, a Discover it card. Uh, I think it was end of twenty twenty one, and you get they match all the cash back you get at the end of the first year, and it's really easy to get cash back with the stuff that they give you, and I got a decent amount of money at the end of my first year, and as a result, I got, like, enough to buy a pair of black dunks, and so that's what I'm saying, I feel like, it's not even just a white girl thing, but I was, like, skeptical, because I'm really into the sneaker game, as a lot of you know, I'll have to do, show you guys some of the sneakers in my closet at some point, but... Went ahead, picked up the Panda Dunks, been skeptical for a while, finally got them, and uh, now I don't know what I've been doing without them because, like, they're such a clean shoe. And they're way overpriced. I love Nike, but it's some low-quality stuff. Like, their QC is just terrible right now. But the Panda Dunks, like, I'm six degrees of separation. I'm so close to moving into official white girl status black white nike panda dunks 100 worth it if you're one of the people who like you just like one shoe because you want it to go with everything but you don't want to be wearing like a bummy shoe the panda dunk is definitely the way to go because it goes with everything especially if you like wearing black pants like i do i wear black jeans literally every single day to everything that i go to like all the different job, all my different, like at work, I wear black skinny jeans, school wear black skinny jeans, dates black skinny jeans, out with the boys black skinny jeans, like that's all I wear and so the Panda Dunks are incredible. We just did, I swear, like five different sponsorships and only two of them we actually, well three, because you got Anchors beginning, Jim Candy Gummies, and GameChangers.LA promo code Hammer Sound 23. I'm serious y'all, you need to get on this, these shirts are incredible, they are, you're gonna go on the website and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh dude, like I didn't know that they were like $35 for a t-shirt. I get that. But A, I'm giving you $10 off. And B, this like it's incredible quality. And like the print is amazing. The print it's not like like I got a Nike Saquon shirt that maybe some of you guys have seen me wear. And like I can grab the print and pull it. Separate from the t shirt. That's a problem. Not the case with GameChangers.LA. They also have a couple of other websites. I don't have a promo code to those, but if you're more into soccer. Or if you're more into like Latin music, like they have everything for everybody. I'm mostly focused on the NBA, NFL, rapper side of all of this, but they got a lot of really dope stuff that this company puts out. So yes, it's expensive, but I'm getting you $10 off every order. And they're 100 percent you get what you pay for. It. So there's our shout-outs. People, we had a lot of things happen this last weekend. A lot. The NFL playoffs were a lot of fun, but we got to start here because this wasn't the first story that I had, but this was just after doing all my research, this is the one that I was most fired up about. So according to reports, following the firing of offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi and quarterbacks coach, um, head coach Brandon Staley and GM Tom Telesco, it's been announced that they will retain their jobs. There's so many things wrong with this. So why is it that we have to we feel the need to announce that Tom Telesco is keeping his job? Like, how is that even on the table? I want you to imagine that you are one of the best people at your job. You go out and you build a team of like some of the best people in your industry and you come into this this quarter, this fiscal year, whatever you want to call it. And you build, like, the most talented team in your industry. And then I want you to imagine that a bunch of ex- com- executives at your company get fired. And then the PR department puts out a statement saying, with your name on it, and says, don't worry, we fired all these people, but we did make the decision to keep you and your incredibly talented team that you put together. You would say, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. whoa. I know I'm so dang good at what I do. How was I even in the conversation with being let go with these guys? Because as far as I'm concerned, Brandon Staley's job should not be saved. And it's sounding like from what the Chargers have told us, I'd love to know who fired these guys. Because I don't think it was Brandon Staley. It sounds like it was from the Chargers organization. But I think Brandon Staley should be fired. And we'll get to that in a second. But if I'm Tom Telesco, I'm looking at this and I say, are you kidding me? I put together a defense. For a guy, you guys told me he's a defensive head coach. And I put together a defense with Asante Samuel Jr., who I got in the second round, who's been a stud, who had three interceptions. He was reading Trevor Lawrence like a book. And we also got, we also have, I mean, we have Joey Bosa, had that for a while. We drafted Derwin James, also a stud. Um, oh, yeah, J.C. Jackson, stud corner from the Patriots. Put all those guys together. Oh, yeah, we drafted Kenyon Allen. We drafted you Mike Williams. We draft we signed Austin Eckler. We got you Justin Herbert. As far as I'm concerned, Tom Telesco does not get enough credit as a general manager. But he puts together this incredible team. Incredible defense, first of all. Let's forget the offense. I said this last week, but I'm gonna say it again. Tom Telesco put together the most talented deep team. In the league this season. Obviously not the best because it hasn't panned out that way. But the most talented team. I'd be willing to argue that a lot of that is coaching. But again, we'll get to that in a second. Can you, like, do you think about how ridiculous this is, Woody? You go ahead and you put together one of the best teams, departments, whatever in your field. Like, the most talented. The most talented. Number one most talented. And then the company says, yeah, we considered letting you go. But we're letting everyone know that you're staying. How ridiculous is that? That's insane. The best at what he did this season. And they said, you were on the chopping block, but you made it to round two. Are we kidding? And then, if I'm him, I'm also saying, no, 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 no. If I'm Tom Telesco, I'm looking at this, I'm saying, you are not roping me in with Brandon Staley. Because, like... If we're looking at this from a strictly a mathematic perspective, I know everybody hates math. Most of you are doing the careers you're doing right now because you hate math. I get that. I'm with you. But let's just go back to basic algebra. You have one side is equal to the other side. This is, uh, this is an algebraic equation that is broken because the talent that is on this side of the equal sign and the result that is on this side are not even kind of the same. They're not even close. Because again, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, who's been a stud, Austin Eckler, Rashawn Slater, Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, JC Jackson. What more do you need? If you're Brandon Staley, I think Brandon Staley should be fired. I, I said that last week. I still think he should be fired. But I feel like these guys are like the TCU of college football. Like They're never bad. You realize the last 20 years, the last 20 years, every other season TCU has either had an 11 win season or better. But they never get where they're supposed to go. We just don't rip them to shreds because they're usually every other year they're really good. We built the most talented roster in the NFL and this is what Brandon Salley does do with it. You ever see um You ever see Seinfeld there's that one clip of Seinfeld, I keep seeing it a bunch, and George goes, he's talking about how he always wants to look busy at work, so what he does, as he says, you just if you want to look busy, you just always look annoyed, and then he kind of goes through, and he goes, oh. like nobody's going to come bother you if you look like that, right, because they're either going to assume that you're pissed, or busy, or both. Am I the only person who sees this, am I the only person who feels like Brandon Staley always looks confused? Like, I always look at him when he's coaching on the sidelines and he looks like he has no idea what he's supposed to do or no idea what he wants to do. Either way, he looks out of focus and out of control. Like, he just doesn't look that confident. For a guy who has some of the best talent in the NFL, probably the most talented team, we said this team was going to win, like, 15 games going into the season because of how much talent was on the squad. And now we're looking and we're saying... Well, you know what? Justin Herbert finally made it to the playoffs. Yeah, and Brandon Staley coached one of the greatest meltdowns in playoff history. They were up 27 to nothing. 27 to zero to who? The Jacksonville Jaguars. And you can say, well, Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. He's going to be the next Andrew Luck, John Elway. Maybe, maybe not. But he also threw four interceptions in that game. Yeah, I hear the crickets because you also don't know what's going on with this squad. But I do know Brandon Saley never looks like he has any idea what he wants to do. He always looks like he has a chip on his shoulder and he says, well, nobody ever believed that I could do this. He doesn't say this, but he just looks like it. He always feels like he's just sitting there with this chip on his shoulder saying, you know what? Like I have to go out and make the game winning decision and I'm going to look like the hero. I'm going to look like the hero. Dude, how about you just use what's on the field and win football games? Do you realize in that Jaguars game? So, here's a stat for you. If you go back and you look at the entirety of the NFL season, they track a stat that's basically on how frequent of the plays is every single receiver covered. Like on what percentage is every receiver covered. The NFL average is 33%. 33% of offensive plays offensive pass plays, is every receiver covered. Locked down. Now, occasionally you can throw jump balls into those, and they work out. Occasionally. But 33% of the time, which is pretty low, that means more than majority of the time, you you have somebody open. In that Jaguars game, Jaguars Chargers, 60% of the plays was everybody covered. And I've been saying this for a long time. I'm not even... And all 22 film guy, but even I can tell you, you watch go back and watch a Chargers game. They all they do is run static routes, they run hitches, comebacks, and stops. And if you watch enough film, it's not hard to sit on a route. And if you don't run double moves out of it, which Keenan Allen does occasionally, then everybody stays locked down. And then Justin Herbert has nothing to do because it doesn't matter how much time he does, it doesn't have if the receivers aren't moving. Brandon Saley makes questionable decisions all the time. I know this segment's gone a really long time, but Brandon Saley makes questionable decisions all of the time. Like Brandon Saley is the guy who says, yeah, I don't play starters in the preseason because it's not meaningful football. But then you went ahead and played Mike Williams in week 18 when you didn't have anything to gain or anything to lose. And then Mike Williams ended up being out against the Jaguars and you lose that game. And then, and then, and then again, one of the most talented defenses in the NFL And you blow a 27-point lead. 27! And I don't remember seeing Brandon Staley go over there and converse with anybody on his defense. He didn't go fire anybody up. He didn't talk to Joey Bosa after he was slamming his helmet. I just don't know what anyone feels like they see in Brandon Staley. Especially when Sean Payton is on the board. Sean Payton is on the board. The team is scoring without him. Scoring without Sean, uh, Brandon Saley. But do not tell me that Brandon Saley, what he's done, and what Tom Telesco's has done are the same. And don't you dare put Tom Telesco in the same breath as those people who are getting fired to almost fired because he's not even close. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah, and Brandon Saley could have went to the playoffs last year, but instead he t- called the timeout tried to be slick. Again, look like the hero. They ended up getting eliminated from the playoffs by the Raiders. Tell me how the Raiders played this season. I thought so. Alrighty. Lamar Jackson. This one's fun because there's a lot of different things that have happened in the past week. There's a couple questions that we're looking at here when we're talking about Lamar Jackson number 1 being is the pushback Lamar's getting reasonable? The second question is, okay, Well, what is the information that we've been given tell us about what's happening here? Well, we know a couple things. The first one that I find to be the most telling, we talked about this last week. We said that it's very interesting that they go through all these contract negotiations, can't get a deal done before the season starts. Roquan Smith, who plays incredible, I'm not arguing that. Roquan Smith comes in, plays for three weeks, and they said, Oh yeah, we'll give you a hundred million dollar deal. Granted, it's not much how much Lamar was wanting, but if you go like how high how conditional and you look at how, what at that looks like based on the rest of the positions, he's getting paid a lot. Deservedly so. But the thing I find interesting is if you look at this like you're Lamar, you say, wait a minute. I thought we didn't have the money. We couldn't get the deal done. You didn't feel comfortable doing that right before the season started or whatever. You gave Roquan Smith a deal three games after he came here, before the season even ended, you extended him. So you knew you were into him. Again, like we talked about last week. There are some people, they know they don't like you. They just don't want to tell you they don't like you. Or they don't want to tell you you're not worth that much. And I don't know who's right or who's wrong in this situation. But it's very evident that the Ravens have said, look, we like you. We don't love you. And you could say that's because of injuries. You could say that's because of attitude. Whatever you want to do. But there is that sentiment that the Ravens are like, look, we like you. We don't love you. We would date you. We probably wouldn't marry you. So there's the first part. The second part is, I find it really interesting. So there is a report. That Lamar was offered a deal that was the second highest. Because he wants a fully guaranteed contract. That's the issue. That's the dispute with Lamar Jackson. There's a report that supposedly Lamar Jackson received an offer that would have made, been the second highest guaranteed contract ever. In terms of second most guaranteed money. Turn that down. So then he doesn't. Then he uh, goes out. PCL. Says that he can't play for the Ravens game. For the ravens bengals playoff game. Okay. But then he doesn't even travel to the game. People... DeMar Hamlin almost traveled to the game. He was, like, wanting to. At least come out and tell us, like, you know what, guys? I really wanted to come to the game, but I couldn't. Because... And this is the thing... RG3's been going off about this. And I like RG3 sometimes, don't love him other times. RG3 came out and was all up on this saying, well, you guys don't know what it's like to play with a, a, a knee injury. Okay, fine. And then he came out and said, well, I've heard that Lamar was sick. Okay. But if you're Lamar and you're sick and that's why you're not going to the game, why wouldn't you say that? Why don't you come out and say, look, I'm here to support my boys. Like, I'll be, I'm sick, but I'll be watching from home, go Ravens, fly flock, whatever. Unless that's not true. Because TJ Hushmanzada, who's a former Bengal, former NFL wide receiver, on Saturday on his podcast, Up on Game with LeVar Arrington and Plaxico Burris, said that he heard from doctors that they thought Lamar was ready to play. They thought he was going to travel and they thought he was going to play in the playoff game. And you could probably argue if Lamar plays that game, he's the difference between Tyrell Huntley and a win. He bridges that gap. So, DJ Hirschmanzada said that he heard from multiple sources, from multiple doctors, that they thought that Lamar Jackson was going to play. Well, a little bit prior to that, Lamar Jackson tweets out injury information, first of all, I don't trust people who use social media to like manipulate and tease people. If you're if you're an artist and you're about to drop an album or whatever, like I think that's cool. Or if you're a social media account and you're about to make a big announcement, I think that's cool. But I don't like people who use social media to like tease and manipulate. I also think it's weird that Lamar Jackson tweeted out his own injury report, that that was that, that didn't come from the team. Which just goes to show you there is a dysfunction in the unity between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Because Lamar went out as far as to say that he said that his injury was close to a grade 3 strain. A grade 3 strain, for those of you who don't understand, that means the ligament, the PCL, is a hair from being torn off of the bone. That's a six-month recovery. There are so many disconnections here. I don't know who's telling the truth and who's lying. It's very possible that Lamar Jackson is telling the truth in all of this. It's also very possible that Lamar Jackson is lying about all of it. Or not lying, but maybe misleading. This is what I think. I think Lamar wants out of Baltimore. For a couple of reasons. But I think he wants to get traded. Because I don't think he wants to play for the Ravens anymore. So he knows that this offense isn't designed for success. And also, there's reports that Greg Roman is a couple inches away from being fired. Because, check this stat. So the Baltimore Ravens ranked middle of the pack 338 total yards per game. 20.6 points per game. The team's vaunted rushing attack remained intact even without Jackson in the lineup, as the Ravens' average of 160 rush yards was the second best mark in the NFL. So they're one of the best running teams in the NFL. The next best team is the Chicago Bears. Lamar Jackson's not going about it in a great way, but he knows something that I told you last week, and that's that the NFL is not designed right now. Because, like, see, we we get ebbs and flows. You see trends. The NFL right now is not designed for you to run the football. It's just not. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't support success that way. And Lamar Jackson knows, A, I think he knows that, and, B, he also knows he's in a lot more danger than the more he runs the football. Because unless you were an alien like Josh Allen... And you are just that thick. You can get away with it. Lamar Jackson is not. You don't last in the NFL that way. Michael Vick is a prime example. I don't know what you do if you're the Ravens. Because there's reports that they want to franchise tag him. <clears throat> because he's a free agent at the end of the year. The only thing I think that you do. <clears throat> is you tr- either you franchise tag him. Try to get him on a one year deal. And then trade him. I don't know how that works out. I don't – because if you're a team and you want Lamar Jackson, you look at this and you go, well, if the deal doesn't happen before free agency starts, then he's going to walk and we'll get him for free. The only reason I – the only way I could see you doing that is if you were desperate like a Chicago and they wanted to trade Lamar Jackson, first-round pick – or sorry – Justin Fields, the first-round pick for Baltimore's first-round pick, Lamar Jackson, and something else. The the Ravens don't really have a lot of moves here. They've kind of shown their hand, and Lamar's kind of shown his, and we're kind of watching this from afar, saying, this is really ugly, and we're uncomfortable, and I'm ready to get up from the dinner table and leave. Because this is just not the family reunion that I want to be at. Um... Let's get to Cliff Kingsbury. This is just real quick. Because I don't think there's a ton here. I want to make it clear. I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury was the answer in Arizona. I don't. I don't r- totally understand. Like, If, if we want to go ahead and place blame and praise. Because Cliff Kingsbury comes from Texas Tech. Coach Patrick Mahomes. And you say, oh my gosh, he was the head coach Patrick Mahomes. He made Patrick Mahomes who he was. Well, yeah, kind of, but not really. They never went to a Big Twelve title, and never won the Big Twelve. When Patrick Mahomes was there, he put up video game numbers, but it's not like they won a lot. So I don't really know that Cliff Kingsbury was the answer in Arizona. I do know this though. Imagine that you are a manager at some company, wherever you work, and maybe you are a manager. But I want you, wherever you work, I want you to think about the people who work beneath you like you're in charge of them and I'm sure you treat them great I want you to imagine that somebody comes in your boss comes to you said hey we got this really really good kid we got him and he's going to make the the company flourish and then after a couple years this electric employee things don't really go his way Makes some big moves for the company, doesn't really get them anywhere. And then when he gets in a big meeting with executives, he absolutely fumbles the bag and chokes and makes the company look bad. And then he comes to you, complains to you that you're not doing a good enough job, and says, you know what? If you don't pay me more money, I'm going to make a whole deal out of, all of this. I'm going to leave. I'm going to not play. I'm going to not come to work. And then, you you do pay him. You say, fine. You know what? You're really talented. You can get away with this. And then he shows up to work. And in the middle of a meeting, he undermines you and yells at you. This kid has been in this job for not even three, four years. And he's yelling at you that you're doing a bad job. And you're just trying to make the team work. You're just trying to make business moves. You know what I'm saying? And then your boss says, you know what, you just got to deal with it. And then you find out that right before the big meeting, he's just sitting in his office playing Call of Duty. And then you find out that the nights before big meetings, when he plays Call of Duty, he performs even worse at those meetings. And you're undermined in public by him all the time after you gave him exactly what he wanted. And then the company says, you know what, we're going to keep him over you, you're gone. Who is blaming Cliff Kingsbury for moving to Thailand and being like, yeah, I'm not coming back. And if I am, I don't know when it is. Dude bought a one way ticket to Thailand and I don't blame him because I wouldn't want this job. Moving on from a quarterback sucks. And we'll get to this with another team here, but you've hit your ceiling with Kyler. You know exactly who he is and he's not changing because for as much crap as I gave these a lot of these guys for trying to get big bucks last year, like A.J. Brown, Debo, Kyler, guess what? A.J. Brown, number one seed in the, NFL, er, in the NFC. Debo Samuel, pretty close to being the number one seed in the NFC. For all the crap that I gave Debo about not paying him, the 49ers have balled out. Their, their issue is different though. They can be successful because they're not paying a quarterback. They can afford Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Greenlaw, Armstead. They can afford all these guys because A, their head coach is amazing once in a generation. And B, they're not paying a quarterback. So they can afford to pay Debo. And Debo has shut up and showed out. And same with A.J. Brown. They took their money and they did what they said they were going to. Kyler Murray, not so similar. Let's go ahead and look at the the NFL playoffs right now. I don't know why this is so difficult to pull up. All right, here we go. Let's roll. So, Saturday, you have Jacksonville playing Kansas City. Saturday, you also have the Giants playing Philadelphia. Sunday, Dallas and San Francisco. And Sunday, Cincinnati and Buffalo. I think this is going to be really interesting to see what we get out of the Philadelphia Eagles. Because obviously, I'm rocking with my guy, Fly Eagles Fly. I'm wearing my Jalen Hurts shirt, and I'll be wearing it on Sunday. But we haven't seen the Eagles play a playoff game yet. And that worries me a little bit. Now, the Eagles played the Giants twice this season. They beat them both times. First time was 48-22. Second time was 22-16. It's hard to go 3-0 against a divisional opponent. And I don't love the Giants. I think Daniel Jones is still mid. But I'd argue he's on the good half of mid as opposed to the bottom half of mid. It's hard to beat a divisional opponent three times in a row. So it'll be really interesting to see if the Eagles can 3-0 and o it, especially when Jalen Hurts isn't super warmed up because he didn't play uh, two of the last three games of the season. And the last game of the season, he looked a little rusty. So there's that. Then you have the Bengals and the Bills, I believe. Bengals and the Bills, which will be a repeat of um, our DeMar Hamlin game a few weeks ago, which is a little little traumatic, but is also really cool. This is going to be really interesting because Joe Burrow's incredible. We know that. Josh Allen's incredible. We know that. But this Bills defense has been on a downhill slide. The last few weeks. They were one of the best teams total in the regular season. But their last few games, they struggled. So it'll be interesting to see how this Buffalo defense matches up with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Because, I mean, that's the story how it was last year. Which I think is really cool that we're going to get in a lot of these. we also got a rematch between Dallas and San Francisco. And then, yeah, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Okay, so will Brady be in the bay next year? Is Brady coming back to Tampa? The short answer is no way. The long answer is this. Tom Brady was incredible. Incredible completion percentage. Played great. Every single year, I feel like we think that Tom Brady played better, worse than he did. He played great. But the first thing is there's zero chance that Tom Brady retires. Because anyone who's ever been through a breakup, especially one that wasn't amicable, like, obviously, from what we've seen, Giselle and Tom are both adults about this whole thing. But anytime you break up with someone and that person is immediately with someone who they used to spend a lot of time with while you were together, that's a little concerning. And especially when it's a public breakup. This isn't just you, Joe Schmoe, and your girl, Jolette. This is big-time divorce. This is a public divorce. Tom Brady now no longer has to worry about spending time with his wife. Which, needless to say, he was addicted to football before. He's going to be addicted to football for long after this. And it's hard to jump into something completely new. Change is hard for everyone. I have a really hard time believing. I don't, I think Tom Brady will be a great broadcaster. But going from something that's comfortable to something that's not isn't a chip that we all were just willing to jump from. You have to jump from it eventually. But it's it's a long process and you really ought to convince yourself that you're there before you jump. The funny thing is nobody knows where Tom's going. I went and looked. I was scouring the internet. The only people who kind of maybe know is Vegas. Because right now... The Raiders are plus 250, but the Buccaneers are plus 300, so they're right there. Even Vegas isn't super sure, and then the Jets are plus 400. I don't think that, I think living in New York, to me, that's a young person deal, a young confident person deal, like that is, that's a city that makes or breaks. I think it's fun when you're young, but I think when you're at Tom's level, I don't think New York is the scene that he needs to validate him. So I don't know that he goes to the Jets, even though I would agree. I think they're a quarterback away from an AFC title game. But he wasn't retiring then. He has less to retire for now. So I, to me, there's no chance that Tom Brady uh, leaves or retires, leaves the NFL. I do think he leaves Tampa. If you look at the way that this offense ran the whole season, first of all, let's get Tom Brady props for making the playoffs with a losing record. Now, a lot of that is help from the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons, who are all um, atrocious. But I do think, if you look at the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were coached this year, kind of got what he wanted, with no more Bruce Arians, and it didn't work out. I think Tom's out of Tampa. Are the Cowboys legit? That is the question, as I try and reach for my monster. Ponder on that for a second. Also, just as another shout out, Orange Dreamsicle Monster, incredible. Incredible. It has half the, half the sugar of a regular monster. I love the no sugar monsters, but I'll drink anything that's arm dreamsicle flavored or eat anything that's arm dreamsicle flavored. That stuff, I think is 20 grams of sugar. Let's see. 28 grams of sugar. Still a lot, but half of what your normal monster would be. So if you're one of those people who likes sugar in your monsters, sugar in your energy drinks, mm-hmm. these reserves monsters, so good. We all have that one friend, though, that they always know they can ask you for help and they always ask you for help a lot. But they never come through when you need them. And you always get the feeling that they'll let you down so you never ask. And and with that friend, it is always something. They always need something. There's always some reason they can't do it on their own. They always need something. I feel like that's how it is with the Cowboys. There is always some kind of writing on the wall. And maybe it's just because we see them that way. Now that we know how things have gone for the past 30 years. But I just feel like. There's so much foreshadowing with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a movie that is full of foreshadowing. Every single year when they go down. It's so easy to say, oh, well, yeah, we knew that. How was going to happen because of this. The Cowboys missing four extra points against one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not against, but missing four PATs. I just feel like this isn't even like a hot prediction or anything, but doesn't it just seem very plausible that in this 49ers Cowboys game, the Cowboys could drive down the field Get the ball to the 40, and Brett Maher kicks a field goal. It's up. It's good until it's not. I just feel like... Again, I'm not saying that I'm hot shiz for making this prediction, but it is very possible that the Cowboys find a way to blow it because the one constant with the Cowboys is my favorite Stephen A quote. It's that somehow, someway, they will find a way to let you down. So there's the Cowboys for you. I don't know how this thing's going to go. I really didn't think... I was really unsure about how it was going to go against the Bucks, But they balled out. Like, that offense looked good. Micah Parson looked back up to scale. But again, we don't know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. Literally anything can happen. They could F around and screw up and lose to the 49ers. And Brock Purdy... Could mess around and throw for four touchdowns on him. We'll just have to see. Um, We have a couple other stories. I just wanted to go through a couple observations that we're making about the playoffs so far. So the first thing is, we're officially out of OGs left in the playoffs. In terms of quarterbacks. No Aaron Rodgers. No Tom Brady. No Ben Roethlisberger. No Phil Brovers, No Matt Ryan. We have Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and uh, Joe Burrow. All guys who were drafted in the last four years. Crazy. Or five years. Either way. And then the NFC, Jalen Hurts, young buck. Dak Prescott, you probably could argue, is the most OG of all of them. And then you have Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. You can win a football game if you don't pay if you either have a generational talent at quarterback, which I think is true for probably the NFC, or the AFC. I I I want to believe that Trevor Lawrence is generational talent. We'll have to see. Joe Burrow definitely is. Patrick Holmes definitely is. And Josh Allen definitely is. The NFL quarterback talent is crazy right now. Like, absolutely insane. And if you pay a quarterback the right amount of money, you can build an incredible team, which is what a lot of these teams are showing you. The other thing is, How many of these teams are reliant on their run game? Outside of the Eagles. And the Eagles, I wouldn't even argue, are reliant. Because guess what? This is the same run game they had last year. What's the difference? You made Jalen Hurts elite by giving him A.J. Brown. Because Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Dallas Goddard, really good. Miles Sanders, good receiving back. But you took it up a notch when you went A.J. Brown and you can afford to pay him because why? You're not paying Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts doesn't have a magnificent chip on his shoulder. But yeah, these big time run games like the Bears, like the Ravens, like the Titans, where are they? Look, I like watching Derrick Henry run over a guy as much as the next guy. But it doesn't equate to winning football games, especially not at a big time level. The other thing is, you got to have an offensive head coach. Andy Reid, offensive head coach. Uh, Zach Taylor, offensive head coach. Mike McCarthy, offensive head coach. Nick Sirianni, offense. The only one who's not offense is Sean McDermott, and they built a squad in Buffalo. But you saw the offense is a little shaky offensive line a little shaky as far as pass blocking goes a run game people try to tell you that the run game in in buffalo isn't uh well not they'll not only will they not tell you they'll tell you it's not good they'll tell you it's terrible they're fifth in the league in rushing so don't come at me with that yeah some of it's josh allen but josh allen's run opens up the run game for josh for um james cook and devin singletary so i'm sick of the slander you gotta have an offensive head coach to win in this league but I said stop the Josh Allen slander. Let's just hit this real quick. There are people in the media, like I told you, who they want you to believe that Josh Allen fell off a cliff this year. And we all agree that he was robbed of an MVP last year, but this year they want you to believe he's been a f- shell of his former self. Hmm. Okay. Let's go ahead and look at that, because last year was an MVP year, right? Like, he was incredible. Probably should have won over Aaron Rodgers, a lot of us agree. That's interesting. Well, last year they were 11 and 6. This year they're 13 and 3. Last year Josh Allen passed for 4,400 yards. This year he passed for 4,283. Last year he threw for 36 touchdowns. This year he threw for 35. Hmm, interesting. Last year he threw for 15 interceptions. This year, he threw 14. His yards per carry, up this year. Yards per game, up this year. Quarterback rating, up this year. Rating, up this year. Huh. And he was sacked more this year than he was last year. The funny part is that people literally, like, they want you to believe, like, Nick Wright... He wants you to think that Josh Allen is not good at this year. That he's having a bad year. That he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, everyone said that he was an MVP candidate last year and he's having a better year this year than he was last year. They and and don't say oh well he's winning in spite of his team. He, he's doing things to make the team look bad. They won more games than they did last year. Last year they 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 lost twice as many games last year as they did this year. And take one out because we like I don't, I don't understand this idea that Josh Allen's not good anymore. Josh Allen is better this year than he was last year, and he's without Brian Dable. And they look. I fell into this sleep of believing the media when they said that he was throwing more interceptions than he was last year, and that Brian Dable is the reason. Look, I think Brian Dable is a better offensive head coach than what they have right or offensive coordinator than what they have right now in Buffalo. That being said, though, they're better this year than they were last year. What do you need to believe that Josh Allen is still elite? I don't know. But I apologize for falling into the trap of believing that Josh Allen was having a down year when he's actually better this year than he was last year. There are some who want to say that I was wrong about Brock Purdy. And before I say there's truth to that, Like, no matter how good you are, unless you build the company, you don't get to come in day one and get the job that everybody wants. I don't get to have the job that everybody wants. I don't get to start um, my own show at ESPN Radio or Fox Sports or whatever. I got to cut my teeth and kick dirt for a little while, even if I'm incredible. Like, unless you were an absolute prodigy like Noah Eagle – Whatever industry you're in, you get to eat dirt. That's just how it works. Even if you are like really good at your job, there's only a couple people in a generation who get to like just take the elevator to the top. And they're usually incredible at what they do. I think we're forgetting something in all of this. Brock Purdy's the backup. The reason that we're all like, oh my gosh, Brock Purdy's so good is because he's exceeding expectations. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy is not good because he balled out on Saturday against the Seahawks. Granted, the Seahawks have one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL, but they do have a good secondary. Again, we're forgetting. I'll pound this as long as I have to. Kyle Shanahan is a once in a generational offensive head coach. And John Lynch is incredible at building a team. Purdy is still the backup, people. I don't know if he's incredible. I do know that we all thought Lamar Jackson was going to be the second coming of Michael Vick. And as, as he's been really talented, his year after he won the MVP, he got shut down. I'm not saying Brock Purdy won't be good. I'm just saying let's let the rest of the league catch up with him next year and then see what happens. Because I'd be very shocked if the 49ers said, yeah, we're going to give you the keys to the Camaro. Because there is still a chance that Tom Brady ends up in San Francisco. There's still a chance that Jimmy G is the quarterback in San Francisco. There's still a chance that Trey Lance is the quarterback in San Francisco. We don't know what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers could come to San Francisco. I don't think they're a 1,000% sold on Brock Purdy. I do think he's very good. I think he's exceeded my expectations, and he has proven me wrong. But just because I'm wrong doesn't mean he's going to be the MVP and the next quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers next year. But, do I think he could ball out and beat the Cowboys? Absolutely. I talked about giving him the keys to the Camaro. I think Brock Purdy is driving a Tesla right now. Because that thing, you could fall asleep at, or bake a cake, and that thing will still drive itself. Because Kyle Shanahan is that good. The defense is that good. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and that offensive line with Trent Williams are that good. Um, Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the NFL. That's just, it might be a hot take, but it's the truth. And we'll get even hotter for you if that's not comfortable enough. Joe Burrow, he's the next best thing. He's the, not next best thing, the closest thing that we've seen to Tom Brady. Joe Burrow. And I'm not saying because he has six Super Bowl rings. I'm not even saying it's because, oh, he went to the Super Bowl his second year as a starter. This is why. Because he is so cool, and when I say cool, I mean like the other side of the pill. Like he's just so chill, never gets flustered, never freaks out, always focused, and he's a grown adult. Never freaks out, never gets emotional. Just I don't even know how to describe it to you. But if you watch, if you watch any of these Bengals games, you know what I'm saying. Like there, the Bengals shouldn't be in any of these games. The Bengals have been the laughing stock of the NFL for the last 20 years, and then Joe Burrow shows up. And does everything that's asked of him. He's a younger, more athletic Tom Brady. Ben doubted. Chip on his shoulder just big enough to motivate him. Not big enough to weigh him down. Joe Burrow is that dude. And I think the Bengals could go back to back to an AFC title game. And they always have the Chiefs number, which means anything could happen. I hope not because I want to see the Bills win it, but I don't know that they will. I do think it's finally time to move on from Aaron Rodgers if you're the Packers. If you know you're not getting married to someone, the process of breaking up sucks, but you just got to rip off the band and start it sooner rather than later. You have Jordan Love. You kind of have someone that you think you might be able to hop ship to. It's going to suck, but you got to rip it off. And I don't trust a single thing that Aaron says on the Pat McAfee show. I love the Pat McAfee show. I'm not slandering them. But Aaron Rodgers loves to manipulate. Loves it. He loves to manipulate. And so I think for that reason, he's using the Pat McAfee show to get everyone talking about him and losing their minds about everything. He's still got three years left on his deal. I think the Raiders could be really interesting because if you're going to get rid of Devontae or Derek Carr, you're going to piss off Devontae Adams and you need someone to come in and fill that spot. I think that's going to be it. We'll get into the Vikings next week. We'll get into Brian Dable next week because I think win or lose, Brian Dable is the coach of the year. I think he's definitely proved that he's worth it. He took a team that shouldn't be where it is right now, took a quarterback that shouldn't be where they are right now. He elevated that entire group and he deserves all the credit in the world. So that's going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for hanging out wherever you are, however you're listening Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever. Thank you so much for hanging out. We will be back on Monday. We're going to look back at these playoff games. And we're going to start getting into some NBA. It's going to be a good time. So, have a good rest of your Wednesday. We will see you on Monday. Cheers. Whoa.